0: You're listening to Dialogues on 3CR Community Radio.
1: Every Wednesday night at midnight. Advertising imaginative ways. Hello, you're listening to Dialogues with me, Joe Raleigh. This week I'm joined by Emily Tressida, who is a Sydney-born, Melbourne-based comedian and also the co-host of the Vic and M's Comedy Gems podcast. Very true. Emily, thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Very, very well. Podcast is going well. Lovely. Everything is...
1: Yeah, we've just been saying you've been going for about a year with your podcast. Yes, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice.
0: Uh, 52 episodes, currently speaking, but maybe more. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely more. (laughs) No, yeah, definitely more.
0: I really like it. It's been a really fun uh, experience for me. And I didn't realise when I first started that it would be quite so enticing to me. Yes. You know, Vicky came to me with this idea and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And then sort of just kind of I don't know fell into it in a sense and then I've started doing it and creating it and like the more we do it the more that I'm you know excited about what we can do with it and always sort of trying to make it the best possible podcast it can be and it's been yeah really it's really exciting time for the podcast actually so I'm I'm thrilled with that and yeah I would hope uh in the future I can get into more of a sort of talky less stagey kind of vibe
1: yeah, well, has it evolved over time in that year that you've been doing it? For sure.
0: Do mm. not listen to the early episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't go back to episode one, please. Anyone listening, do not do it.
1: Well, okay. So, how has it evolved? What has um, well, we
0: it was it's it's conceptually completely different now. Like when yeah. we first started, we were gonna sort of try and do a um, live show every month with the comedians that we had on for the chats Mm. and then, like, do recorded live shows of stand-up and then have the chats with comedians for the other three weeks of the month.
1: Right. Um.
0: And very ambitiously, we did a live show within, like, two weeks of having the podcast out. So no one came.
1: Right. So it was, like,
0: stand-up to no one. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and you're listening to very good jokes (laughs) to a room of, you know, very few people. So... I wouldn't recommend listening to that, but but I mean, do if you want to see, yeah, I mean, do if you want to see the sort of like evolution of the podcast because now it's sort of turned into more of a. Um, I guess it's it's very interesting because Vicky and I are very different people, so I think it's huh. like a really nice uh, it's dynamic between the two of us. And then we sometimes have guests, we sometimes just chat amongst ourselves, and it's a nice like exploration of comedy through the eyes of two very different people, but also, I think, a female voice, which is really cool as well.
1: Mm, so, mm. yeah,
0: it's definitely evolved.
1: Yeah. So do you have an overarching aim for what you're trying to achieve with this podcast, or is it sort of, as you say, evolving over time? And
0: It is evolving over time, but I think uh, the aim is to sort of open a door into, like, without sounding a bit cliche, it's to open a door to people uh, for comedians that they would love on stage, like see on stage and love, yeah, to be able to sort of have be a part of the chat with them that's just silly and okay. not about anything, really, yeah, but also to sort of bring awareness to like our view and our perception of the scene in which we. You know, work.
1: Sure. So sort of looking behind the, the like into the green room. Yeah. Perhaps.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, without saying that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah. I like, so didn't enjoy saying that. Yeah. I it kind saying. of sounds cliched, but yeah. it is,
0: it is a bit of that and it is definitely sort of um I think Vicky and I's voice is an important one that hasn't really, not us specifically, but generally I think, you know, the female comedy voice and the way in which we're presenting it is a nice sort of, opening of dialogue, if you will, yeah, to, um, <laughs> to us and like where we sit in the scene, which is cool. Yeah. And I think a voice that was missing before.
1: Nice. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Well, talking of dialogues. Um, <laughs> we, we are so good at segues. <laughs> oh, my God, oh, my God. Just jumping on the opportunity there. We were talking before the show about competitiveness. Yes. And comparisons. Yes. And uh, dare I say sort of cooperation, the opposite of comparing. Yeah. Um, and thinking about the comedy world. Is there much competition within the comedy world itself?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. There is. But it's not. It's a very interesting um, I don't know. It's a very interesting environment because obviously you're not competing because it's not a race. Like they, we're not all starting at the same point, and we need to end up at a at the end point. Or like we're not all trying to climb a mountain where we're all at the exact same part of the base. You know what I mean? Sure. So like, yes and no. Like it's not an openly competitive scene, but everyone wants to be the one that cracks it. Sure. So even if you're not – like, it's, this is what I find so fascinating about it. Like, you can see, like, a cabaret comedian who, you know, I don't know, gets an ARIA or something. And then you're like, why didn't I get an ARIA? But, like, you don't do music. Do you know what I mean? So it's like there are so many different types of comedians and so many different platforms of which success can come. I say that. Yeah. I mean, what is success, really? But yeah, there's so many different platforms. But as soon as someone gets a platform that you perceive as higher than your platform, you're like, oh my gosh, how did they get, why did they get that, you know?
1: Totally. And I guess, broadly speaking, what they're getting in that success is attention and yeah. acclaim yeah. and people who are devoting their quite limited spare time to actually choosing to see them rather True. than perhaps somebody else. So there yep. is a competition there. There is that limited resource of people's attention. Yeah, I guess ticket attention. sales. <laughs> yeah, ticket That's sales. definitely
0: a competition, I guess, yeah.
1: And uh, any comedian who is working full-time or at least aspiring to work full-time mm-hmm. needs to be paid by yeah. those ticket sales. It's going to come back to that. Yeah. Um, so there is that competitive... Uh, unavoidable that's competitive true. element I didn't
0: even think about that ticket sales for sure <laughs> yeah. that's 100% a thing
1: yeah so I mean does that does that motivate you that need to be better than other comedians who are out there is that a driving force
0: I think that's a really dangerous way to live
1: <laughs> because
0: mm. I feel like obviously as you said monetarily you need to be selling tickets and you need to be getting opportunities that pay you in terms of what your career is yeah. Um However, I think com- like literally competing against other people in the field is really dangerous because as I said you haven't started at the same point, so you're never going to get to the same point because you're not on the same path. Do right. you know what I mean? Okay. So like I feel like a lot of the time, you know, looking at other people and seeing where they're at is yeah, it's almost dangerous in a sense because you may not ever attain that. Because sure. you probably won't ever attain that because that's not your like attainment to get. You That's know what I mean? trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe it is, but you may not get there exactly the same way. Like you might zigzag there when they went straight up or, you know, they might have zigzagged and you go straight up. You yes. don't know. It's really hard because when you're like, let's say you're a CEO, mm-hmm. you started at the bottom, you were like an accountant in the company, you know that accountants become managing accountants and then you know that managing accountants become partners and then you know that partners become CEO. Mm.
1: It's a very defined
0: path. Totally. And most most careers, other than the ones in the arts, are like that. You mm-hmm. can go, okay, if I do this, like even with radio, same thing. You know, you're like, if I start in community radio, then, uh, you know, you hope that next time you'll get a commercial radio station, mm-hmm. you start the, at the like, I don't know what they call it, but like the midnight shift or whatever. Sure. You do that and then you hope that you'll get a better time slot and then from there you get, you know, drive or morning. Yeah. You oh, know what I mean? They're not similar
1: <laughs> paths in comedy, though. No. Okay. Because
0: everyone does it differently. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at anyone's career trajectory, they're all very different. Yeah. You know, it might especially in Australia, because there aren't that many opportunities for comedians. Right. You know? You can be on Have You Been Paying Attention or you can be on, you know, two of three two or three T V shows yeah. um which will have comedians on, or you can you can get into radio as well. There are comedians that are in radio now as well. But that all they're all endgame stuff. But if yeah. you look at how they got there,
1: okay. all very different. Right. You okay. know? So there's, there's, there isn't necessarily a tried and no. tested formula.
0: No. Well, there are, there are many uh, sort of, I guess, myths around oh. like a tried and tested formula, which is like, you know, you spend seven years developing your craft, then you do a split bill show at the festivals and you share the load with like two other or one other comedian yeah. and then after that you do your first solo show and then after that you know mm-hmm. you're hoping that you're just climbing the ladder and you sure know.
1: and i guess if you're just starting out then it's helpful to have that kind of uh convention or to be aware of that kind of convention to to perhaps model your own plan on at least and then adjust it as you're going along yeah
0: i think it's really individual it's a really individual thing yeah. you know i yeah. feel like when I first started hearing that was really, I guess not daunting, but I kind of was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that, you know? And I feel like you don't, you shouldn't have to do it just because, you know, three dudes have said, that's the way you do it. That's the way I'm doing it. And that's the way that it's going to work.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: because I mean, I don't want to be mean, but it hasn't worked. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So if, If you're okay about being quite individual and... Uh, kind of improvisational about how you approach your career in comedy, mm-hmm. then uh, what what does motivate you and, and how do you create a bit of your own path? Nothing. I'm just, you, nah, just, just, <laughs> just, just kind of <laughs> Yeah. Say, okay, I have just... no idea what's going on. It seems on. to be working out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm
0: having a good time. I am, um, I, this is a very um, utopian version of what I feel, yeah. but I like to just make, and I mean, seldom do I actually stick to this as my, I don't know, like thought pattern, but I would like to think that I'm always in competition with myself. So uh-huh. as long as this year's show was better than last year's show in terms of like audience attendance, um, in terms of the actual show itself, how I felt in it, how I performed it every night, then I feel like I'm doing better than I was last year.
1: Okay, so there is still that competitive <laughs> element there, but you're yeah. you're just limiting it to yourself.
0: Yes, well, mm. in theory. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, I feel like um, it's really hard not to look in other people's lanes, even sure. if you know logically that they're not the same lane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Because logically, if I, if I say to you, hey, there's this Olympic swimmer that's heaps good at Olympic swimming, you're like, oh man, I wish I was as good at Olympic swimming, but you haven't spent your whole life training to be an Olympic swimmer. So why does it matter that they're, you know, kicking goals? Sure. Because I do look at a lot of different comedy is very different in terms of where you're going and what you've done.
1: Okay. Yeah. But how about the comedians who are doing pretty similar stuff to you? There's no one like me. (laughs) (laughs) Um so there you go. <laughs> yeah that's exactly so yeah. it is really hard So it would I mean in terms of judging how you're doing in terms of success it seems that it makes some sense to compare yourself to other comedians who are doing a similar thing For sure Um I mean do you find yourself doing that For sure And is is that useful or is that something that you try to avoid I
0: try to avoid it because mm. I think it's I don't know it's a it's a very interesting game that we play because it's opportunity meets hard work. Yeah, because mm. I feel like there are so many hard working comedians out there. There are so many hilarious comedians that if I went to the majority of my non-comic friends and said, "Hey, do you know this person?" they would say no. Yeah. But they're so funny and they work so hard and they are literally some of the funniest people that I've ever known. Yeah. You know, and they work so very hard but they just haven't had that opportunity. Okay. So I feel like it's it's kind of annoying in a sense because you can see these people and sometimes you feel like you're one of these people that's working so hard and putting so much energy and effort into it and you're just not getting that break, you know, mm-hmm. and it is really, it's, it's, it's annoying and it's sad, but it, it is about opportunity You and know? luck and luck. Uh-huh. Exactly. And, you know, being at the right show when the right person's seeing that and then you get something from that or, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting and, And yeah, I guess sort of irritating because sometimes it doesn't matter how funny you are or how brilliant your show is or how, you know, hard work, how much hard work you put into it, (laughs) how much hard work you put into it uh, over, over the course of a year or your whole career. Yeah.
1: So God, if, yeah, yeah, you know so, what I mean. So, so it's it's not like those sorts of business trajectories in the sense that it's yeah. not just A plus B and you'll get C. That's right. There is a real component of luck involved. Totally. But I suppose that's a consolation when you know you don't improve on your last year's show, or, or ticket sales weren't as high, or the review wasn't as good as the last year's show. Mm. Uh, perhaps because you got bad luck, and you got the reviewer in whose uh, taste wasn't matched to your particular show that year. Um, just acknowledging that fact that luck, good luck and bad luck, plays a massive part in success in the comedy world can be consoling.
0: Maybe. I've never thought about it like that. But I guess, yeah, it's a two-way street. Mm. If if you're going to yeah. look at it, yeah, I guess that is true. It's, it's really interesting. I think the human condition is very funny like that because uh, for good stuff, you'll be like, oh, well, it was just luck. But for bad stuff, you'll be like, well, I really messed that up. You know, I think we're so quick to really beat ourselves down about stuff and so quick to be like, well, it wasn't all me. It was, you know, 60% luck. Yes. But obviously it was also a very big part of you doing the job that you were set out to yeah. do.
1: So Yeah, it's difficult to draw that line between totally. you know what you achieved yourself and what was, what yeah. was lucky. Yeah. Was handed to you. And
0: I feel like it's very Australian to be like, Oh, well, I was just in the right place at the right time. Like don't even don't sweat about it. You yeah. know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then
0: as soon as something bad happens, you're like, Oh, well, that was a hundred percent me.
1: Sure. It wasn't sure. my
0: day, you know? Yeah. Very, yeah. very
1: interesting. way of being so how do you judge your success in comedy
0: um yeah I guess like I said as long as I'm my trajectory is always on the up and up yeah you know as long as this year I'm getting opportunities that I wasn't getting last year Mm -hmm. then I feel like I'm still moving in the right direction yeah I feel like because I'm growing and learning in terms of the mediums in which I'm working in I think that um, even just exploring new mediums for me is a really good um, sort of, I think, success in a sense, because mm-hmm. I'm sort of branching out, which I think is another yeah. sort of form of success. I also think that um, it makes me a little bit m- more well rounded in terms yeah. of a skill set. Um, yeah. And obviously, m- monetarily and like tangible proof of, s- I guess, more uh, like ever, ever um, growing career and success level is yeah. that you can say, well, actually, yeah, this comedy festival, I sold heaps more tickets than last comedy festival. Yeah. yeah. Um, where, it,
1: it's an objective. Yeah. Difference. So that's
0: like a tangible thing, mm-hmm. but I think it's important not to just look at tangible stuff as well because there's so much else going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, my podcast I think has um, really grown and is becoming really quite successful, even though right now there's no real tangible evidence of that. But I feel like that's, you know, coming. So yes. that's exciting. Um, I guess it's hard because you don't get like a, a performance review. You know, no right. one sits you down and says, hey, well, actually, they do if, like my mom does because, <laughs> right. you know, sometimes I'm like, why? What a, What am I doing? Yeah. You know, am I getting any better? Is, is this year actually a better year for me in terms of comedy or am I just sort of floating around doing sure. my thing? And my mom, thankfully, will sit me down. I don't know how every single interview I've ever done, I always bring my mum into it. <laughs> Literally every single one. Like, I can't think of one where I didn't bring my mum into it. 20 anyway. minutes in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a new record. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she will sit me down and be like, okay, well, let's think about this. Like, let's think about where you were, like, two years ago. Let's think about where you were four years ago, et cetera, you know? Yeah, so that's useful. Yeah, it is useful because sometimes you only see, like, your last week. Yeah. But it's like, hang on, you're so much better than you were six months ago.
1: Sure. And that's when comparing yourself to other people can be really dangerous. Because you may have made all of these achievements, done things that were previously so difficult for you and now they're easy and and Uh, second nature but you know perhaps it doesn't have quite the same exposure um that somebody else's thing which is similar does yeah and you can get lost in that totally and completely lose sight of what you've achieved totally so you i suppose you're really lucky to have a mum who's yeah. <laughs> up for doing that <laughs> yeah she's
0: very supportive um but do you, do
1: you do you have your own reflective processes I'm or? quite bad at it to yeah. be
0: honest i'm quite bad at it i I am I definitely fall into the trap that we're talking about of, you know, anything that I feel is negative is just the one thing that I'm going to pick out for the rest of the week. Yeah. Whereas, like, it's very I – fi- I find it very interesting, and this is a bit – I don't know how you're going to feel about this or anyone listening is going to feel about this, but yeah. I feel like it's really interesting because I'll have moments of really big self-doubt. Like, I'll have really sort of, I guess, um, like, heavy moments of, like, what am I doing And it's almost like clockwork. The universe will bring, like, will present me with something. You know, like I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, this is such rubbish," and then genuinely, like that day or the next day, an opportunity will come into my email. Or like, it's very strange. How do
1: you explain that? I don't know. (laughs) I mean,
0: this is what I said. I don't want to. I don't want to start sounding like it's interesting. Yeah.
1: I wonder if it's if it's more to do with your perception of the. Things that you're presented with. Maybe if you've gotten to that place where you're really doubting yourself and you uh, perhaps don't necessarily feel that way the rest of the time, you've hit a certain rock bottom mm. in terms of your esteem or your confidence in yourself. Mm. And perhaps when you're at that place psychologically... Uh, you can only go up from there. So, true. So, <laughs> so any opportunity in, is you're a good opportunity. Se- seeing it relatively in a positive light, or at least you can really see it for the opportunity that it is. Whereas when you're perhaps in a in more better kind of mind frame, confident, there are lots of things coming. You're so like, I guess okay, what you're maybe. saying
0: is, I'm always getting opportunities.
1: <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> yeah, fair enough. It, no, yeah. that's true. That is true. And you're perceiving them in different ways, depending. Yeah, on Yeah, that maybe.
0: actually is probably a valid explanation. I was just going to say it's magic, but like <laughs> each to their own. You know. I don't or maybe know. Maybe
1: you're just like cosmically blessed. That's in- <laughs> what I
0: think. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so you could periodically just have real severe that's self-doubt.
0: Genuinely, I've said this to a close friend of mine, and they were like, just just keep doubting yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then it'll be all good. And I'm like, alright.
1: <laughs> well, that's an amazing approach. Yeah, I mean,
0: I definitely don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, magic. It's magic. magic.
1: It is mm. magic. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds as if you're pretty good at you at least you recognize the importance of not comparing yourself to other people within mm-hmm. your career. Can you say the same about your life in general?
0: Honestly, and this is kind of bizarre, or maybe it isn't bizarre. I've never really said it out loud. I'm very good at not doing that in my in my day-to-day life. Mm. I can I can logically say yeah that person on my Instagram is in Europe and it sucks that I'm not in Europe, but it's fine. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't faze me. Cause at some point in the future, I will be in Europe and it will be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Sure.
0: Because I feel like it's um, a more achievable thing. Like it's, yeah. m- it, it because literally like my career is so very, Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, I'm, I'm cosmically gifted. The universe will gift me something, but I don't know what it's going to be yet. You know, (laughs) whereas looking at other people's lives in terms of every day, oh, they're at this cool cafe. I can go to that cool cafe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm really, I'm very lucky in terms of, you know, what my life looks like outside of my career it's all very nice and fine and fun yeah you know so i am if anything really grateful for that um <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> like a but gobsmacked you, look on your face. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean. But
1: what's your uh, immediate response to seeing that nice photo of somebody in Europe? Is it. I won't you, like it out of spite. So, so that's it. So, <laughs> so no, is, I, is there a pang of resentment that you then have to self talk yourself out of? Or is it immediately just fine? It's like. Th- this is going to either
0: paint me as like the most horrible person or maybe you'll take this as like a. a fun tip of for the day but I don't follow a lot of people on social media. <laughs> okay. I go on Facebook twice a day, my personal Facebook, only twice a day. Well done. Um if that I've really done it I've, it's basically just once a day now. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. I don't have the the app on my phone. I just use the browser in like yeah. Chrome or whatever. Sure. Um and I'll check it just in case there's some, something important. My professional Facebook, like my comedy Facebook, I will use all the time and I have the app (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I use it a lot um, (laughs) because obviously that's work. Um, But yeah, I don't go on Facebook, my personal Facebook and Instagram. I have like, sorry to anyone that I don't follow back, but I have, I maybe follow 50 people and they're all like my actual...
1: None of them are going to Europe.
0: Yeah. And none of them are going to Europe. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I've eliminated the threat. <laughs> so yeah, but I'd- you
1: must hear nice things, people about people who are doing really nice and fun and enviable things, like, you know, on the grapevine, just through conversation. Not necessarily looking at pictures online of, of things, but you must... I'm just interested to know how you respond to <laughs> hearing about other people doing interesting and I'm successful things. i like, cool, man. That's fun. So that's fine. That's
0: <laughs> <all> good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's like as I said, I'm I'm in a. It's very interesting because currently I'm in a very. Um, I feel like my comedy ability, my ability to write comedy at the moment, is very stunted because my life is very fine. Okay. Seriously, like I feel like, I know this is so cliched, but I think that artists need pain to create. And if you look at my last three shows, they've all had like an element of, hey, laugh at this really bad thing that happened. I tried to look for a word that wasn't a swear (laughs) word. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, I look at this really horrible thing that's happened in my life. Let's all laugh about it. I'll write some jokes about it. Right. And currently I'm like, no one wants to hear jokes about how everything is fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so. I think
0: I think now my um my goggles have to kind of extend and I have to look bigger picture and into the world itself rather than very introspective, which is what my last three shows have okay. been. Okay. Which so, is interesting.
1: So does that mean that you're happier now compared to when you were writing those previous shows? Yeah. yeah so what's different now?
0: Um I moved into a new place. Uh-huh. Um I've been living in Melbourne for a few years now, so I moved um, almost two years ago, so I feel much more settled. Mm -hmm. I live in a really awesome suburb near where we are currently, um, which is really lovely, and um, I have a partner who's been really good at keeping me Mm -hmm. sane. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Yeah, I feel like um, we've got a really good sort of balance, which is good, and... um, that's a great describing word. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Good balance. Um. Yeah. And I'm at a stage where I'm very self-reflective in terms of my career because now I'm not... I feel like comedy can sometimes fill a hole. And I know a lot of comedians joke about um, like, oh, it's like a therapy session on stage. Mm. But I feel like a lot of the time it can be. And my style... Um, definitely lent itself toward that like mm-hmm. toward being very introspective and um, sort of like the jokes on me kind of thing. Yeah. But I feel like it's not necessarily in my vocab at the moment to be sort of self-deprecating because mm. I don't want to be. <laughs> sure. I'd much rather
1: it's not authentic anymore. Yeah,
0: exactly. My voice yeah. has changed now because I don't I have I have a sense of self that I didn't have before. Yeah, I also do yoga a lot.
1: (laughs) That's um, anyone that
0: listens to the podcast will know that, but I um, yeah, I do a lot of yoga and that is really great. I mean, (laughs) anyone looking for something, just like a little bit of something, I don't know
1: what does it do that's helpful? It, it I suppose, it's tuning you into your body
0: totally, and um, it's not glorified stretching, it's actually like an exercise, yeah, um. But yeah, it helps you sit in your body a little bit more. I feel like the literally just moving your body is so good for yeah. mental health. Yeah, Like I, I was told that so many times, like growing up and whatever. But genuinely doing it, you're like, this is actually helpful. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really need to be yoga, I think. I think any form of moving your body is helpful. But yeah, mm. I, I find it really... I guess relaxing, but also energizing in a weird way.
1: Mm, mm. I've done it a few times, mm. and it's—I agree—very strenuous, far yeah. more strenuous yeah. than you would expect. Everyone's like, it. "Yeah,
0: you're just stretching." No, you're not. It's like, go to a yoga class and then talk to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then you finish <laughs> I'm glad and you're, you're on board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You're just so relaxed. Yeah, and, yeah. I would agree, energized and just calm and balanced, yeah. and able to focus and not distracted or yeah. anxious or agitated about yeah. anything. Um. It sounds as if you're generally more content in yourself now yeah. and that that has been due to some pretty basic but fundamental life changes. Yeah. Like you know, the really fundamental things, your partner, yeah. the place that you're living, yeah. um, exercise, yeah. things that we're all aware <laughs> yeah. of are, are important. Yeah. But this has had this this enormous impact on the way that you feel happy about yourself and the world and where you're at, and all of these yeah. different things. But it's interesting that you say that that's hadn't had, an, had an, uh, an effect on your comedy, your profession. Yeah. And actually, you were saying before that you haven't been doing as much comedy in the last few months. Yeah. And that you'll perhaps need to change the way you approach writing in order yep. to find a new voice. So do you have any ideas about what you would, about where that's going to go and where it's going?
0: Um, at the moment I'm very much in the developmental stage of that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of working on like conceptually building a show around one story, uh-huh. which, uh, may seem really boring to some people, but I feel right. like it's going to be really fun. I, I, I'm, that's where I'm at at the moment. It's going to be more, less like, um, observational and more just like, I don't know. An experience, but then obviously it'll branch off into to other tidbits and what have you. But I think also if that is not where I go, then like for um, smaller like spots and stuff, I think instead of it being introspective observation, it'll be like outside world observation. Okay. <clears throat> you know, like yeah. In, yeah.
1: So either way, it sounds completely fresh and different. Yeah. A different challenge, which is you.
0: scary because I've had uh, one way of being. Yeah. In my career to this point and now I'm like, let's shake it up. Yeah, it's
1: kind of like starting again. <laughs> totally.
0: Which nice. is exciting um, and interesting I guess because who knows what will happen. Yeah. I feel like it's a good thing. I feel like I've got a, it would be weird if I remained the same because I've grown yeah. and learned as a person and as a comic so it would be really strange if I just stayed doing, doing the same it. thing
1: and I'm sure it would in some way lose its vitality It has it already has right. like yeah.
0: do if I if you asked me to do the show that I did at comedy festival now or next comedy festival for example I'd be like I couldn't Yeah and like audiences yeah. can feel it I've said this from when I started doing comedy, if you're not in it, mm-hmm. the audience can feel it. And mm-hmm. I know that you're not doing it any differently to how you would have done it a week ago, mm-hmm. but there's something in the way that you, cause we're only human. And I feel like mm-hmm. we forget that humans inherently can see other humans and what like, and I don't mean literally see. I mean like we can sense yeah. what other humans are feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's an empathy. And I feel like that goes, it's the same with performance. I feel like people know when your head's in the game and mm-hmm. they know when it's not.
1: Yeah. Um, and an audience generally is willing the comedian just to feel relaxed, totally, and to believe what they're saying, and that can be the really awkward thing about seeing open mic nights or, or first time comedians. Yeah, you, know, you really want them just to just relax and yeah. be good at what they're doing. <laughs> see that relax and be good. <laughs> Great <laughs> advice. It's easy to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah you can just see that that sort of hyper self awareness that is very uh, understandably a lot of people have when totally. they're, when they're starting out
0: yeah i mean yeah. i'm not i'm not frightened <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm it's exciting it's an exciting time to me and i uh will obviously keep working it's not like um um sort of yeah it's it's an interesting time it's definitely a period of like a transition yeah transition transitionary period that's a hard word to say yeah. um but i i definitely do love the podcast that's something that i really want to put a lot of time and energy into this year especially um and and mediums like that would be really great yeah. to sort of explore more just because i love it um and yeah and just trying to find uh a new authentic voice with my stand-up mm. Which is the most important and the most difficult part of being a stand-up because Mm -hmm. your voice is you. And like, I mean, you, not you specifically, but whatever you're presenting on stage. Mm. And it needs to be authentic. If it's a character, it's fine, but it needs to come from an authentic place. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, yeah, it's about finding that voice. And I don't feel like I've ever really found my authentic voice yet. So maybe this is it. Ah, It's
1: part of that evolution. Totally. I suppose you have to connect with who you are. It's it's a real journey of self-discovery in order to actually be good at what you're yeah. doing, which is really interesting. But
0: even... And I feel like, you know, that's that doesn't necessarily mean that what you're presenting on stage is you and right. how you walk around the world day to day. But it needs to come from a place where it is, like, only you can present that voice. Because, like, yeah. there are people that do, yeah, character comedy or even clowning, stuff that's, like, not actually... Them and even people that do, they have like more of a shtick, like they have not a character per se, but they present like a version of themselves that isn't themselves. Yeah. But it needs to be come from an authentic place and it needs to be consistent to. What they're trying to present and who they're trying to present. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So it's something very specific that only they can do. Yeah. In, or, in order to be great, perhaps yeah. you have to find what that really specific thing is. Yes. That, yeah. And, and in some way, that emanates from who you are. Or yes. It's a, a play or a kind of riff on yeah. something. Yes. Yeah. Like fundamental about you.
0: Hundred percent. And if yeah. it's if it's not if it's not true to you, then it it isn't as good.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. And. It's Again, it's understandable that people who are just starting out in comedy will borrow uh, a sort of popular voice yeah. that is going... You see it all of the time exactly. with, with, with the younger comedians. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, comedians who are just starting out. Yeah, they're um, not necessarily... <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> Yeah, um, Yeah, we, again, because uh, they're clearly inspired by people who are doing well. They can see what those uh, inspirational comedians are doing yeah. and replicating that. Yeah. And then hopefully the idea is to branch out from there onwards. Uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you'd hope so. You'd hope their aim isn't to just do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I am a very strange comedian in that I don't really watch a lot of comedy. I've Mm. found that, um, and I mean, maybe this is my downfall, who knows, but um, it isn't, trust me. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I don't watch a lot of comedy, but I feel like it's been really good in creating my own path and my own voice Yeah. because um, yeah, there's no one for me to be like, Hey, she's got a really blah 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 vibe because, right? I haven't seen blah blah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So well, I, was, I,
1: I was going to ask, are you who inspired? Are my, yeah, by internet, <laughs> everyone but, always asks. But, but yeah, so so it's very much what you find funny or what you think other people will. Find I don't funny?
0: like laughing. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I I am inspired by writers actually. Like I'm and and actors. I started in in sketch comedy, so. I started watching a lot of that sort of stuff but like people like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yeah. Like strong women that write really funny stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. Even like people like um Zoe Foster Blake. Uh-huh. I feel like she's she is great in that she's very multidimensional and she has written a bunch of stuff and you know has a lot of things going on. I respect that. Yeah. I admire that. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: So you started in sketch comedy. Yeah. Which I'm guessing is a sort of collaborative affair with yeah. other comedians. Yeah. Went into uh, stand up comedy on your own. Yeah. And you're now doing this podcast, which, yeah. you're, which you're doing with Vic. Yeah. Uh, so how do you find that experience?
0: I love it. <laughs> nice. And I didn't, I, I very um, intentionally made myself an island when I came into stand up. Like I'd, I'd been in a, in the sketch comedy group and I was like, I've had enough of working with people. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna go and do this and I'm going to do it by myself. I didn't have any, I, w- I didn't even sort of collaborate with comedians in terms of writing, you know, like a lot of comedians will sit down at, at a cafe and, and riff with each other and build okay. their ideas together. And I never even did that because I was like, no, this is my thing and it's going to be a hundred percent my thing. Yeah. And I'm going to you know, plow
1: my path. Yeah.
0: I'm going to plow my path. Exactly. And, um, and... And, like, in high school, I hated group pro- um, projects because I'd be like, no, I end up doing all the work anyway. Like, you guys can't do it. I'm just going to do it myself kind of thing. <laughs> so, I had that mindset. And especially coming out of sketch comedy, I was like, this is just my thing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so valuable to have other people's voice and uh, be able to sort of bounce off other people's ideas. Mm-hmm. and. I have, yeah, I've really learnt the value in in collaboration. Mm. I'm I'm really thankful to have Vicky like on my team and like even this show that I did last year was way more of a collaboration. I had, you know, mates around me. I did a couple of trial shows literally in my own lounge room with like a bunch of comedians and I was like, come and see it and we'll chat about it. And it was so helpful. Mm. And like I feel like the process was so much easier because I had like a hive mind instead of just my own mind, you know? And sometimes people see things that you can't possibly see, you know? Yeah. You're so invested and so in the thing Yes. that you say it and you're like, that's perfect. And then they say something and you're like, whoa, no, that's perfect. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Even just like little taglines and stuff that I would never have thought of. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, and I think there's no, I, I think I was very scared of like, if I got help, then... Like, I didn't do it myself and therefore it's, like, not my thing. Yeah. But, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, the more help you get, the better the show is. Yeah. You know? And the podcast would be nothing if we weren't a team. You know what I mean? It's, like, the dynamic between the two of us that make the podcast what it is and that's what i think is like celebrated and that's what i love about it so totally.
1: but when it's a completely shared enterprise like the podcast yeah i can see that there might be kind of creative differences you know you know simple things like naming the show or, yep. or like choosing an image or choosing an emphasis for that week do you are there, are there sort of unique problems that um arise when you're collaborating on
0: um Not necessarily. Vicky and I have had a pretty good run in terms of that sort of stuff. We're actually going through a rebrand right now. And we've, because we've now been working together for over a year, we know what the other person, we almost know what the other person's going to want, you know? So like when we, if we do have sort of like with, for example, with the new logo, if I'm like, okay, I really want these two colors and you know, Vicky's like, I definitely don't want this colour. I'm like, sweet, we definitely don't have that colour, but what about a bit of this and a bit of that? Like, it's always a bit of a I um, I wouldn't say it's like a struggle. It's just a discussion. Yeah, it's
1: like a dialogue between the two. If you totally. Know? Yeah.
0: Um, And I feel like in the beginning, like, we didn't fully understand what our dynamic was. So there was like a bit of like toe-stepping yeah. on each other at the beginning but I think that that's just like it's basically like a new relationship you're kind of just like working out what the other person's go is you yeah. know like yeah can I do this oh I can't do that cool um I can I do that yeah I can do that that's great
1: you know sure. so and how, how long had you known Vic before you did the podcast together
0: um maybe two years okay I met her at comedy festival a few years ago, so yeah, maybe two years before the podcast.
1: And did you obviously you felt pretty confident about working together going into this podcast? Yeah, was that I can was that like an intuitive feeling you had, or
0: it was um, definitely her idea. Okay, Um, she approached me, Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to take the credit for that. (laughs) She's the genius. (laughs) Um, We have very different personalities, Mm. so. it I think basically came from the traditional idea of having like a funny man and a straight man you know mm-hmm. um but they're women <laughs> uh, yeah so I think she wanted someone that was sort of the opposite in terms of like energy level and uh sort of yeah the the energy brought to it we're basically opposites okay so that's where that came from. So
1: conceptually it seemed from the off, it seemed like it would work. Yeah. Because on the, paper, the, yeah.
0: we're, we're what we needed
1: for yes. a duo. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. and actually figuring out how that works logistically took a little bit of time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because like, obviously when you're down the pub having beers, you're not in a situation where
1: you're you... working together. Totally.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, that definitely took some time to feel out, but, uh, it kind of almost happened naturally. Yeah. in just sort of like meshing together. Yeah, you know, and I suppose you're, you're presented
1: with problems that, that are part of the process of developing a show and creating something new and you just navigate your way through that Totally. That person. And then you've done it once. When you're presented with the same problem again, you just do it again. Yeah, so that, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah.
0: I think we work really well together as well, which is very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. I think we both want the same things and I think that... Um, In terms of, like, career aspirations, we have a very similar, like, idea of what we want our trajectory to look like. Yeah. And, um, you know, so far, so good.
1: (laughs) Nice. And you you mentioned that it's comparable to a romantic relationship. And you said that part of your experience in becoming more confident in yourself and in your own successes was uh, getting into a good relationship. Yeah. Um. Have Has your approach to relationships changed over time as well? And is that comparable to setting up this good collaborative working relationship? Yeah,
0: have? I think it's just growing up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think, you know, you... Like, literally, like, I compared group projects at school to this situation. Okay. You know, obviously, my, um, like, way of being in the world is a lot different to when I was in school. So right. I feel like... Now, given the opportunity, I'd be like, yo, we're splitting this 20%, 20%, 20% because I cannot be bothered. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, like, I would approach it very differently now as well. So, I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with growing up and realizing that you're not, like, the idea of me wanting to be an island starting stand-up was stupid. It was dumb. Hmm. But maybe you had to do that maybe that I was, did 100% yeah. I did it, yeah. it's all a part of my I wouldn't change a single thing yeah. in my career so far yeah. because every little bit I again I'm going to sound very you're going to either hate this or love this but I think everything happens for a reason so I'm very happy with the decisions I've made even though sometimes I look back retrospectively and I'm like that could have been easier that could have been easier sure. you know um but I do I see the value in other people <laughs> That's mean, but I, you know, I definitely have, I'm an only child as well. So I feel like there's mm-hmm. been a lot of like, I can do it by myself, like hands off, I can do it by myself. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. How does that cash out in romantic relationships? Though?
0: It's the same. Like okay. I, I'm very much like this jar, I'll break it before I let you open it, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> yeah. so um, giving up a bit of that has been mm. something that's been really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, j- literally, sort of, sort of succumbing to the fact that you don't have to do everything by yourself. Yeah, has has been in both in you know my career and also in in my personal life.
1: Yeah, you and know, that not doing everything by yourself can often result have better results.
0: Totally, totally. Collaboration for yeah. me is something that I've been learning. In every aspect of my life, mm. and I've really been enjoying it because I feel like it is—it is a lot of less pressure yeah. in lots of senses. You know, having Vicky with the podcast is so helpful because it means I don't have to do everything. <laughs> like, how good is that? <laughs> yeah, cause you don't you've have got to other things everything. going on in your life. Totally, exactly, yeah. and it's the same with you know living with my partner and all of that sort of stuff. It's like I don't have to do everything. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and
0: and vice versa. Like I can do stuff that will help them you know, yeah. feel at ease or feel like they don't have to do everything as well. And which that links cool. to
1: the issue of being competitive. It doesn't make you a better person if you're doing everything, if you're achieving everything. Actually, just like you say, letting go of that doesn't result in you being less of a person. It just results in you being more realistic and grown up and yeah. perhaps even feeling better because you're you're sharing your successes with other people. Totally,
0: totally. Yeah. And I guess that's why I don't, in terms of like um, everyday life, why I'm not like super stressed out when I don't get to do all the stuff that other people are doing because I'm like, seriously, like good for you. (laughs) Like I, yeah, again, you're either going to hate this or you're going to love it, but I just want everyone to be happy genuinely, you (laughs) know, like I would much rather everyone go off and do their own thing. (laughs) And I not do any of that if it makes them happy, because at the end of the day, having happy people around you is better for you. Yeah. Because, like, if you're surrounded by a bunch of grumpy people, then, yeah, you're going to get grumpy as well. Yeah, sure. I'm a very empathetic person as well. I feel like I, I am very, um, like, I will take on people's emotions very quickly. Like, yeah. I'll walk into a room and if I can sense that <laughs> some stuff that comes out of my mouth, I'm like, what am I even <laughs> saying? I um, but, yeah, I, I can sense it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, we're in a bad mood today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But we're not. I've been I was fired until I walked into this yeah. room, so well that, that
1: would suggest that you are an, a naturally collaborative person. Because yeah, I you, know. You and weren't. who who knew <laughs> you guys even discovered this about yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah,
0: I never I never knew, but yeah, it's been evident in the last sort of year mm-hmm. of of professional and personal growth. Yeah. Get some teammates, everyone. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Well, I think we've been good teammates in this discussion. We sure have.
0: (laughs) That's me, though, because I'm very good at collaboration. Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Emily, thank you so much.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: You've been listening to Dialogues on 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. You can download the podcast by searching for Dialogues on your podcast app. And email us on dialogues3cr at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Just search Dialogues 3CR.